0: Hello, and welcome to episode 568 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. It is, of course, time for the weekly show you cannot live without, Market Monday. Yes, that's right. Each Monday, I go over the biggest risers and fallers in the average draft position, aka ADP, from the previous seven days, and discuss whether I'm buying or selling these players at their new prices. The idea is to get you up to speed very quickly on what's happening in the best ball markets, which are absolutely filled with action right now. If you're the kind of person actually listening to this, a Market Monday podcast in June, well, you're kind of my, you are my kind of fantasy player, a true grinder. And knowing that, I generally think you would get value out of our DraftKit Pro 49.99 covers everything we do all spring and summer on best ball, dynasty, and redraft. Head to stopjustrun.com and hit the subscribe tab for more details. All right, let's start with the biggest best ball risers from the last seven days. A lot of fallout from the DeAndre Hopkins news. Rondell Moore is up almost 20 spots on underdog. He's up massively everywhere. Marquise Brown up four spots on underdog, up some more in other places. Greg Dorch is now up to 203rd overall on DraftKings. Obviously, the market is reacting swiftly to the DeAndre Hopkins release. And hopefully, you guys were using our rankings when you were drafting previous to this because we were already projecting a really big probability that DeAndre Hopkins will be traded or released. You know, we were 20 plus spots ahead of ADP on Marquise Brown, way ahead on Rondale Moore as well. Massive, massive closing ADP value coming there. But all that edge is gone now. And we have to talk about the ball as it lies. And I think the first step to evaluating all this Arizona stuff is how many games is Kyler Murray going to play? We're completely guessing. I think everyone is completely guessing right now. Anything from 17 games played for Kyler Murray to zero games played for Kyler Murray. nothing in there would surprise me at all. And I don't even think the Cardinals really know what to expect. This was a December ACL tear for a quarterback who relies massively on his movement and he's surrounded by some of the worst talent in the NFL. If the Cardinals are 0-4 or 1-5 when he's deemed ready, will he actually come back? I I honestly don't know. I mean, I think yes, but I wouldn't bet my life on it. So I I think the base case is some mix of 37-year-old Colt McCoy and then Kyler coming off the injury. Marquise Brown in games last year that Kyler did not play in. And these were games with Cole McCoy and Trace McSorley and David Bling Blang Blau 434 0, 419 0, 357 0, 661 0, 170. You know, pretty unusable. Team average just 15 points per game in them. I mean, this team could be really, really bad in terms of plays run and touchdowns scored, even if Kyler plays. So the bottom line, I think, is the way to build a portfolio in best ball is to get players at their lowest cost as often as much as you can. If we have a ton of teams with Rondale Moore at 170th overall on DraftKings, well, we're smashing the teams that are now taking Rondale Moore at 130 overall. You know, Same with Hollywood Brown. So I'm going to let the dust settle from some of the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. For now, I'm not firing into any of these steeply rising costs. I'm more interested in very late shots on guys like Trey McBride or Michael Wilson. I don't think it's a lock that Zach Ertz, who, by the way, is coming off of a partial ACL tear. There's been not a lot of news on his rehab, but I think the Cardinals would like to part ways with him if they can figure out a way to do it. So I don't think it's a lock that Ertz is back with the team. Obviously, that would be good for Trey McBride. And then Michael Wilson, round three rookie, gives them size they de- desperately need. I mean, Marquise Brown is five nine, Rondale is five seven, Greg Dortch, is 5'7". So I'd love to see them get Trey McBride split out wide, give Michael Wilson some shots. So I think some last round, late round shots on these guys is more interesting than me than firing into the really rapidly rising ADPs on Hollywood and Rondale. Second riser I want to talk about is Elijah Moore. He's up 11.6 spots on FFPC. He's up 5.2 spots on Underdog. He's up 7.1 spots on DraftKings. I like Elijah Moore. I think he's a very talented guy who needed a change of scenery and got it. And I'm also expecting a pretty big leap forward from Deshaun Watson versus what he showed last season. But I'm not drafting Elijah right now as we speak. And I wanted to use this to illustrate kind of a larger point. The reason I'm not drafting Elijah right now is I think Cleveland has to be considered one of the favorites to land DeAndre Hopkins. There's a lot of smoke here. You know, I think the bills are probably out We'll see on Kansas City, maybe the Lions get in the mix, others, but I still think the Browns make a ton of sense, if not the most sense. And if that happens, Elijah's obviously going to be way, way, way cheaper. And so if you're just drafting off straight rankings, or if you're just drafting off straight ADP, you kind of miss some of these soft skills, I think that are important, like understanding DeAndre Hopkins. If he has a 50% chance of winning in Cleveland, you can't take Elijah Moore as he's up 11, five, seven spots across best ball sites. So I'm surprised he's up this much over the last seven days. It also speaks to how much a single quote or some tweets can move ADP at this time of year. There was a bunch of buzz on Elijah Moore last week, which I think spiked his ADP. Uh, Nothing great, you know, positive beat writer reports about how he'll be used. Uh, Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator, saying Elijah will play both inside and outside. Typical June stuff that means very, very little, but people are clinging to just any news right now because there's not a lot of it. So pushing up Elijah's ADP into the face of a possible DeAndre Hopkins signing, yeah, it's just not for me. Third and final riser I want to mention is Taekwon Thornton. Taequann Thornton is up 12.2 spots on underdog into the middle of the 15th round. This is one I've been tracking. You know, there's been steady buzz on Taekwon Thornton all offseason. Ton of positive hype from coaches, beat reporters. He's certainly on my radar. Remember, Taequann Thornton was a round two pick last year, 50th overall. To the Patriots after running a four-two-eight at the combine, 6282 pounds. I mean, dude can fly. Predictably, had a very deep A dot average depth of target last season, fourteen point nine yards, ninth deepest among all qualifying wide receivers. You know, George Pickens was in that range. Jahan Dotson, Marquez Valdez Scantling, those types. The problem is that Thornton only had a fifty-one percent catch rate, which is pretty poor. Yards per route run, mind bogglingly low, zero point seven six yards. Obviously, it wasn't all Tyquan Thornton's fault last year. Patriots' offense was a stone mess. Mac Jones was bad. Scheme was bad. And maybe that stuff gets better. But man, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, they already have one of the hardest schedules in the entire NFL, if not the hardest schedule in the entire NFL. And I'm not even sure the Patriots are better than last year. They have plenty of competition. They bring in Juju. They bring in Mike Jasicki, who I think is going to play a straight wide receiver role or very close to it. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. So when Tyquan Thornton was going in round 18. I thought it was good, or okay at least, to take some shots. In round 15, though, you know, give me Jerome Ford. Give me Rashid Shahid. Give me Kenny Gainwell. Give me Isaiah Hodgins. I, I just think it's getting a bit expensive on Tyquan Thornton right now. Let's get to this week's Fallers. want to start with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's down 17 spots to 211th overall on underdog. Quarterback 31. DraftKings, similarly, he's down to the quarterback 30. 30th quarterback off the board on DraftKings and ADP. And all this comes from the leak last week surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo's health and contract. Quick cliff notes, after the Raiders agreed to terms with Jimmy G, they realized there's more foot problems and he actually undergoes surgery after signing the deal. Remember, Garoppolo originally injured the foot while with the Niners last year, ended up only playing 11 games. The important note is that in the contract, basically, the Raiders have paid him nothing and they won't have to pay him anything if his foot is an issue. They can just walk away. So that led people to think, oh, they have a ton of concern here. And I get it. You know, it was big news in the NFL and the Jimmy Garoppolo ADP just absolutely nosedives. And I've seen Devonte Adams slipping a bunch in some spots as well. My lean right now is that this is an overreaction. The Raiders from a contract perspective did the right thing. They're protecting their investment. They're protecting their finances. But all the talk around seems to be that Jimmy Garoppolo is expected, likely to be fine for week one. And if the Raiders were worried that he wasn't going to be ready for week one, I don't think they'd go into the season with, you know, Brian Hoyer, who's made three starts in the last five years, or Aiden O'Connell, round four Ricky, or Chase Garber at quarterback. So especially on DraftKings, where stacking works better and where pocket passers work better due to the scoring system, I think it's a decent time to buy some late Raiders stacks here. Speaking of the Raiders, Michael Mayer is down eight point six shots on underdog to 195th overall. Similar on DraftKings, Mayer can certainly be part of those backdoor stacks I I just mentioned. You know, Devonte Adams early, Mayer and Garoppolo late. I, I know I've joked a lot about Notre Dame homerism with Silva, and I know Michael Mayer slipped out of round one. I know Sam Laporta went ahead of him, and Dalton Kincaid went ahead of him in the draft. You know, it, it's all not great, but. Number 35 overall draft capital for Michael Mayer is still really good. Austin Hooper and OJ Howard are relatively weak competition. And this late in the draft, 195th overall at at, at tight end, I mean, we're just hunting touchdowns, especially on underdog. And and so I'm buying on this Michael Mayer slide. I think he makes an interesting backdoor stack, at least with Jimmy G. Final faller is Miles Sanders. He's down 3.3 spots on underdog to 59th, 60th overall, actually. He's also down 2.8 spots on DraftKings to 59th overall. I'm not surprised Miles Sanders is slipping a bit, you know, has not caught passes since he was a rookie. Panthers have a rookie QB, and, and they could be. Very bad is in the range of outcomes. Miles Sanders looked great last year, but that was behind the NFL's best scheme, best offensive line with Jalen Hurts. How will Miles Sanders look on this new team, far worse team, second contract, age 26, just got paid. On the other hand, Panthers gave him a massive $25 million contract, $13 million guaranteed. They let Deontay Foreman walk. Sanders is reunited with Deuce Staley from that aforementioned rookie year with the Eagles. So this is a tough one for me. I just don't have a lot of conviction around Miles Sanders in terms of micro takes or player takes this year. And I think that's okay. Usually when I don't have a ton of conviction around a middle round running back, a dead zone running back, I just pass. Because I mean, the likelihood is that it's not going to hit anyways. So, especially on DraftKings, where I'm hammering pass catchers, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me on DraftKings to go Drake London over Miles Sanders, to go, you know, I'd at least consider George Kittle over Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman. There's just a lot of opportunity costs with really, really talented pass catchers that go around him. So, I do think Miles Sanders' ADP will continue to slip as more casual people get into the mix come July, August, September. It's just hard to get too excited about the setup for him, and that's just... An important thing to think about, we don't only think about closing line value on the good way. We don't want to be holding the bag with guys who go 59th in June and 80th in September. All right, that is going to do it for this week's Market Monday. Thank you all for listening. If you have not subscribed to the Established to Run podcast, be sure you are by searching for it anywhere podcasts are found. Also, be sure you're following me on Twitter for a ton more player takes at Adam Levitan. We'll be back later this week with the final part of the Best Ball Series. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Last part will be on advanced strategies. If you're listening to this, I really think you will enjoy that one for producer Luke, for King Editor, Jackson Kane, for the most beautiful beast in the world, Jerry. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.